Episode 93 of The Loaded Couch. The Ben is directing The Batman. New look for PS4. Microsoft says goodbye. Switch reveal just hours away. Questions from listeners. And beer. Beer. Reach in at your own risk. This is The Loaded Couch. All right, we're back. Episode 93 of The Loaded Couch. I'm Scotch Hound. And I'm Celtic Fox. And we're a man light this this week. Uh, sorry about that, Pidge. Uh, schedule just didn't work for everybody. But uh, let's start off with our beer match and see what the two of us are drinking. Go ahead, Cuck. Um, well, there, there was an assignment for this week. I missed um, that. I'm an idiot. <laughs> that's okay. So I did. I did actually get a little uh, of my manhood back and my freedom. I drove to the liquor store tonight by myself. How was that? Uh, refreshing. Nice being back behind the <laughs> wheel again. Oh, it's nice. Um, still, you know, I'm sure the doctor doesn't want me driving anywhere far, but this was just a couple minutes down the road. Uh, I got the Nooner from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. It's uh, again, it's their Pilsner. They're out of Chico, California, and they're also out of Mills River, North Carolina. Uh, bottle brown color, but it's like super clear in the bottle, so I'm assuming it's like a light yellow. Okay. Uh, 5.2% alcohol. <laughs> and I am on the complete other end of the spectrum. I'm drinking the uh, Dogfish Heads Worldwide Stout, Stout Beer, Mountain Delaware Black, and it's 17% alcohol or somewhere there around. Okay, so I'll drink three of these tonight. You just stick to that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, speaking of with the high alcohol, uh, when is enough enough? Uh, craft brewers seem to be sticking with this mentality that uh, high, higher is better. Now, higher alcohol content, that is. Now, I got a question. Uh, us at the Little Catch, have we become accustomed to the higher alcohol beers since we started the cast? Uh, so much so that we would have a problem drinking lower alcohol uh alcohol or alcohol by volume beers um if the craft brewers moved back that direction or are we just going to continue with this you know anything above 10 is kind of well i should say anything above eight is kind of like the new norm um i don't well i mean i'll try and unpack some of that that you just said um i think we've become accustomed to it for sure obviously i mean and if you want to call it a tolerance or any kind of but is just, it like uh, accustomed to yeah the tolerance is one thing, but is it something that you kind of like look for now when you go shopping? No, absolutely not. I mean, I don't. I, I'm. I don't walk down the aisle and say what's what's this craft beer and what's the highest you know alcohol I can get. Right. Um, it a lot of it has to do with whatever we choose our homework assignment to be or whatever I'm in the mood for. Um, I, I'm just saying more of I think we've become more of the tolerance and accustomed to the higher volume just because of the amount we drink but that said i don't think that there's any harm or problem in the the craft brewers going to the lower end of the spectrum too like even tonight the the pilsner i'm drinking is 5.2 i mean it's approaching that four percent but the nice thing with the pilsners though is they're always kind of in that area i think they're always in that area and and the flavor is really good i mean you know we're again we're getting used to drinking these types of beers i mean the the hints of the you know 
the aromas and the flavors and stuff like that. I will give an example though. I, when I went to Jamaica with my wife uh, a couple months ago for our anniversary on that, that party catamaran I was telling you about. Right. It was like a one hour trip back from the, the Duns river falls that we went to. We, we took this party boat back on the catamaran and it was about an hour. The whole time back, they just keep pouring drinks. It's either, you know, um, like those Jamaica, you know, fruit punch, knock you on your ass type of drinks, or it was a uh, red stripe on tap. Okay. Oh, on and tap I, on the beer I, or on the uh, boat? Yeah. And I think I, we'd have to look it up, but I think red stripe's probably down there in the, you know, the 4% or something. Right. Something really light. Sure. I kid you not. I drank eight Dixie cups on the way back <laughs> of, of red stripe. I think I drank the first four or five, my wife said, in the first 15 minutes. Because, one, it was a little hot, so I, I, I wanted something cold and wet. Sure. But they went down so smooth. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's just so many 8, 9, and 10% you know, beers that we drink on the show, but... Yeah. Well, I, that's, uh, that's what I'm wondering with us. Uh, typically, um, you know, Pigeon especially, it would you know, it'd be nice to have him on here and we could probably ask him next week because um, he's uh, up usually in that 10 range, 10% alcohol range with his beer selections. And it seems like he does typically go out of his way to find higher alcohol content beers when he does pick his. Um, and I'm just wondering, you know, you know how some people used to say like uh, having a Guinness is like a meal. Yep, yep. I think I think the higher alcohol content beers are more in that meal realm than what the guinness is tech or tipping technically like if you're sitting and drinking it's kind of like okay this has a little bit more bite to it it's got a little bit more you know of that alcohol kind of flavor i don't know i don't i wouldn't i I would probably argue that it didn't have the the fullness effect of like a stout or the guinness right but but i know i know what you're saying drinking that much of a higher alcohol kind of you tend to slow down and not drink as much of it. Right. And um, I mean, I guess you can do that with the higher alcohol in comparison, but I'm just wondering, you know, for like you're saying with the, you know, the, the nice hot days when you're just looking for a beer is, you know, should these craft brewers be taking that into consideration and getting back down into like the Budweiser Coors and Miller three and a half to 4% alcohol beers? Or is this just like, was that something that they were just kind of watering down and the craft um, brewers are kind I'm of sure they're out there. It's not. I mean, I'm sure they're out there, and I, you know, I think maybe, and we're going on what year or two? So I mean, maybe as we get through the spring and summertime, now we'll start to really lock in on some of the lighter craft beers, and we, you know, we'll start to notice some of the lower right. alcohol contents. But I know Pigeon's thing too is he really likes his Belgium, you know, his Belgium ales, and you know, his triples and his quads. I mean, right there, that that puts you in that 10% bracket. Sure. You know, he, he, you know, he's always busting my chops, but you don't see him going out and getting the, the farmhouse saisons or the, the Pilsners or something like that. Right. So it could be, it could have a lot to do with the style of the beer puts you into that percentage too. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move into some movie talk. Um, since it looks like you're the only one who watched movies, what did you watch this past week? So I, I went and saw something I think we both really had high, uh, actually all three of us had on our list, um, Went and saw Rogue One, Star Wars story. Nice. And? Uh, it was really good. I mean, you know, you got, I, I always say movies are really good or they're okay. And it, it always seems like I have a little different, 
level of you know what's okay to me versus other people i just go and try to enjoy a movie for entertainment and for fun if it's really corny or dumb that's when i'm gonna say the movie's it's it was okay or i'll even say it's not that good um this was really good to me this this was up there again you know our age we we kind of came into the the era of the empire strikes back and return of the jedi when we were younger sure um, so we have that, you know, nostalgic feel. Uh, this movie was the perfect link to me for episode three, which was Revenge of the Sith and linked up to A New Hope. And, you know, I won't I won't give anything away for the movie, but I, I'll just say that the Rogue One ended literally on the scene of... Uh, Vader pursuing Leia's ship. Oh wow! Okay. Cause, yeah, so I was that, actually going to ask him. You know, because it wasn't exactly part of the storyline that we know, right? Well, it is. It, I mean, it's not spoiling anything for. But none of the characters. Yeah, none of the characters are there, but everybody knows the story revolves around the plans for the Death Star. Right. So it's more of the over arcing story than it is the life stories of what we followed with like Han Solo, Luke Skywalker. Exactly. And, this, this, know, like this Darth is Vader doing stuff. This is doing like no character development, I guess you would say. Right. This, this is, this is, uh, what happened to Darth Vader at the end of revenge of the Sith. And Hey, let's introduce the key component to episode four with a new hope when it starts. Okay. And it's like, Hey, we're just going to talk about the death star. So I mean, that's really Vader is in it. About, he's in it. And they show that in the, in the preview. So okay. I'm not, not spoiling anything right, right. with that, but there's, I, I definitely want to go see it again, but I'm, I'm not going to pay the $32 or whatever the hell it costs sure, me. Yeah. You know, and that was just for tickets. Do we get some know. Palpatine too or no? Uh, I'm not saying anything. Okay. Um, but between the the soda and the the popcorn and the movie tickets, we're just gonna buy it when it comes out. Right, right. Um, and there are many, many little Easter eggs and tributes to the original Star Wars in there. So to me, that was the most exciting part. I'm trying to take in the story and the characters, but you're there. The camera's literally going through markets and you know, hideouts and stuff like that. And you see little props or characters that you're like, Oh, that guy, or I know that helmet or I, you know what I mean? There's like, there's just so many things you could probably watch it three or four times and pick up something new each time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, movie news, uh, Ben Affleck has restated that he'll direct the upcoming DC solo film, the Batman. Uh, what, what do you think? Um, now, I mean, you tell it's a me. solo I, film, so it's not going to have any of the additionals. Do you think that combining Superman with Batman in the last one was kind of the downfall, or do you think it was more of the directing? I don't think it was a downfall. I, th- I mean, I think that movie was fine from from an entertainment point of view. I in mean, comparison uh, to like the Dark Knights, fine. Uh, uh, a little more bubbly, I guess is the term. I, I, the Dark Knight was more darker tone, serious to me where I think Batman and Superman was a little bit more colorful in the realm of, like, a Marvel movie, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that lighter, um, yeah, definitely. Okay. A, l- a little lighter, a little, you know. Now, the Batman, I think, 
I think we talked about it one show, and Pigeon might even have talked about it, but I know it was up in the air that Aflac was saying that uh, <laughs> saying that he was not sure or committed to directing that solo film, but I guess now he's he's reiterated that he is doing it. I, I mean, you tell me your your input. I think, I, and I think I'm pretty sure he did Gone Girl. I think Gone Girl was amazing. I liked the uh, the movie The Town that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the guy's a really good director. I mean, as far as his acting, you know that. I mean, that's up for dispute. But I, I know the movies he's directed. I mean, for God's sakes, him and Matt Damon did. Uh, you know, they wrote the screenplay and everything for Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, so, yeah, and that's. I, I mean, mean, those. I haven't seen Gone Girl. I know you've told me to watch that, and it's really good. I think you and Whiskers I only saw would a like bit it a of lot. The town. Um, I'm wondering because those are kind of—I don't want to say just full-on drama, but I'm wondering if he's going to have that kind of director's eye for a comic book type of storyline and not make well, it too much of a. I think those two movies though show that he can—he can hook you in and keep you attentive to character development okay so i think you you keep that in mind and i think talking about bruce wayne could be a really good gig for him right okay all right all right uh tv talk what'd you watch this past week um watch i think well i mean obviously we we binged and we finished uh hunting hitler uh, we are totally caught up on Oak Island. So we, we watched the most recent Oak Island, you know, like we kid around each week, that damn show, they show a gold coin and it keeps everybody hooked. <laughs> oh, is um, that the piece of metal that they were saying they found at the bottom? Yeah. Well, no, they found the coin somewhere else on the Island. So oh, okay. now we're all, we're all excited about other areas. Oh, okay. Um, Cause I was watching a commercial and they're like, ah, oh, there's something metallic down here. Can't really yeah, see what it exactly. is. Oh, okay. Uh, man in the high castle. We watched one episode of that. And uh, we watched one more episode of Alone because I do like my bushcraft. Anybody I like uh, the uh, dropout? Uh, I'm trying to think of who what was it. It was 12 the last time I think I caught it. Oh, no, no, it starts with 10. Okay, so it was starts with 10 and they're down to seven. Oh, okay, so that's maybe, what it was eight. Maybe then. they're maybe they're at six but the one the one that I saw was the um that like hippie chick kind of teased that she was gonna leave. Yeah, that's the one we saw. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. That's the most recent one. She she got Laura all pissed off because Laura <laughs> last remember last year the guy who could like Yeah, that's ma- what I was make... saying in the call. I'm like, this is the same situation, and then it was a tease. Well the, she just made there, that there sweat were... hut and everything else. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Well there were two people last year. There was the guy who created games and built a full on kitchen and he quit because he was bored. <laughs> and then there was the guy who was in the steam hut with with the man bun that clock you know punched out because right. he didn't think it was enough of a challenge for him yeah yeah so then so then the hippie girl starts acting the same way about this you know i've had enough you know i've, I've kind of had reached, enough. I've reached this the apex of like my experience for this and i'm like fuck you and your apex five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> oh is that what it is it's a half a million they get half a million if they're the last one. Ah, okay okay all right damn all right i thought i yeah. think i was telling whiskers i thought it was a full mill so, right, how, so how about 000. you would what did you get in TV wise? Because I know you didn't watch any movies. Uh, yeah, no, I watched uh, Hunting Hitler, um, okay. season two. Um, Are you finished? Yes. Okay, uh, so it's you... all about South America. It seems like um, kind of 
I I think you can safely say that whether he actually lived or not, South America was where they all went to. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Like I think that uh, the one, like the crashed plane in that beach resort area in Spain, yep, was yep. a little. Uh, I don't want to say reaching, but it seemed like it was a little reaching. But they, they dismantled it and took the whole plane away within two days. Right, but they said there was only five people on the plane. So I'm like, okay, that wasn't his actual landing. And, they, and it, it seemed like they skipped over after the fact of, okay, well, maybe that was a test flight landing for how to get in on the beach here. And, uh, you know, Hitler came after. And I'm just like, eh, I think you're reaching a little bit with that. So I don't think they've still con- completely figured out how he got out of Germany and where he went to. Well... And then how he left out of there. I mean, they got into that Denmark area in Denmark. I I think he went the route of of Denmark with the the Luftwaffe. Right. With the the private airfield. Yeah, that was that one that was the he landed just north, the very northwest point of Germany and then kind of drove into uh, Denmark from there. He did something like that. But I think I, I mean, my gut is I don't think it was Borman. I think Hitler definitely was in that log cabin on the lake. That yeah, yeah. Looked, okay. That looked down the lake to the nuclear island with yep. the scientists and and the gun bunker. I I think. And that high, I th- yeah, the tower and stuff. Yeah, and and that exactly that majestic tower thing. I think without a doubt that cabin was his. Um, that I'm and just, that uh, that other compound that's in Chile that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I think the Chile one. The Chile one that was kind of like out in the jungle area or whatever. I, I no, think that one that compound was... that's like a resort now that you can go and visit. Oh, the well, yeah, that place was ridiculous. That was pretty so, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he definitely. I'm just curious to know, like, what was his final demise? Like, did oh, yeah, he... yeah. No, I know. That's did... what hoping <laughs> we find out. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm really curious to know. Same with Borman. Like, although I think they said Borman died of like natural cause. I want to know. Yeah, I if they said something did, like stomach cancer or something. Yeah, did Hitler die of uh, a you know a natural caused disease? Because I think he did have some other kind of disease too. Mm. Or I keep saying to my wife that I think one of the reasons a lot of these documents are declassified now is one because they it's like the JFK files. They reach that fifty or sixty year window where they start to declassify things. Mm-hmm. Or they I'm, I, yeah, I'm curious if. The CIA did actually finally catch up to him and he was secretly killed. And she's like, well, why didn't they just tell everybody then? And I'm like, well, because that would have been looked at as a failure. Yeah, yeah. Especially because they told everybody that he was dead in the the original bunker. Yeah, exactly. Like World War II ended. uh, Well, it ended on a high note for us. I mean, because we won the war. Right. But it, it ended because everybody assumed he died. Everybody assumed that was the end of the Reich. Um. To, to be like, oops, he got away and we didn't kill him until the 60s. You know, I think they just kind of wanted to keep history how it was. Yeah, yeah. What what else did you check out? Uh, I also watched a few uh, Magicians. Okay. Um, and Incorporated. Now, is was that your first run through on the Magicians? Or I thought you were watching no, that I was. last year with me. Yes, I was. Okay. Oh yeah, um, and, I'm, uh, I'm excited I, for se- I'm excited for season two. Uh, real quick, Whiskers and I um, kind of are catching up on some Gotham as well. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. But uh, Incorporated is actually she and I are, uh, just started watching that. I don't know if you know about that or not at all. I saw the previews and we actually um, almost started it. It's really cool, and yeah. I, I want to check it yeah, out. Yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. It's okay. um, I mean, just 
I mean, some of the futuristic looking things that they do, like the CGI things, uh, like just kind of an intro. And I, this is going to spoil a little bit, maybe the first episode, but it's just a small part of it. Um, you know, like the the storyline of the show is the, the major corporations kind of took over. Yes, ownership they of the control, world. control everything. Yeah. Right. And everything else they're technically or typically or technically referred to as like the green zone and everything else. Uh, people who don't work for the corporations that are kind of fending for themselves, they are the red zone. Okay. So, um, like the people who work for those corporations live in these areas, kind of in like the burbs. Okay. And they're these big po- policed kind of burbs. Like yeah, just ultra, really high ultra secure utopias. Right. Yeah. So they drive out, and then it looks like they're driving down this great like highway, and like the you know, and, and like with these beautiful green pastures on either side, you know, as they're driving towards like their big building. And then like the the camera picks way up off of the the guy's car and kind of zooms away. And it's these huge, um, like, TV uh, walls along either side of the highway that are projecting this greenery. And it's really this, like, it looks like Newark and, like, the worst portion of Newark where after, like, a big um, kind of, like, blast happened, everything's dead looking and it's gray and brown. And it's just like the other side of the wall. But they, like, kind of pretty up just the drive on the highway for the people who actually work for these corporations. It's kind of crazy looking. So it's like a... Not not a full blown, but kind of post apocalyptic type of yeah. They well, it's yeah, it's not apocalyptic. It, well, I guess it is because they say it was based off of the um uh the global warming and okay. what's going to actually happen from that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you know, kind of the demise of the world from um, its effects. But yeah, that, it's that really said, too, uh, reminder: make sure we watch the road for our homework assignment. Ooh, okay, yeah, I forgot about that. All right, uh, yeah, so like I said, watched uh, Hunting Hitler, Incorporated Magicians, and uh, some uh, Gotham. So uh, into some TV news, uh, American Horror Story renewed through season nine. Uh, season start season, season seven starts later this year. I'm not sure if I'm a fan of this. No? Uh, can you think, uh, do you think the show can come back? Bring you back, I should say, Calc? It, it, it brought me back half of this year. I mean. But what I, happened? I mean, we talked about that weird flip they did, which I think was really brilliant the way they did that. But you were but, enjoying the first half better. But I really enjoyed, yeah, exactly. I enjoyed the first half. I liked the flip, but I didn't like the reality TV spin that they put on. Again, I didn't finish the show. I don't, you know, maybe, maybe it carried some of that, you know, American horror char- charm, and it, it's still good. But I, I think uh, it definitely Pigeon- carried gore. Yeah, and I thought I thought Pigeon said he finished it too, and it was kind of eh. So yeah, no, yeah, we, I, I don't... Whiskers and I did, and it was it was decent. It wasn't okay. I don't want to say it was bad. Uh, okay. It was definitely better than some of the other seasons that I'd seen. I think personally, okay. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. I'm I'm trying to think of where they can go from here. Where where would you put it up against the others? I mean, I still think the first season's the best. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Down, hands down, that's the best season. Uh, I'd probably put it in if I had to rank from like first to you know last for the first or for the six. I'd probably put it in like the four range, three four. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Not against the fourth or third season, just in that you know one or the first season being the very best and. Yeah, you think it's middle middle of the road. Yeah, middle of the road for yeah, as good as it, as it was. Personally, speaking. that's because the first half was really good. <laughs> no, it's funny because I didn't like the first half. I didn't like that they were going kind of with that reality TV, like you know, uh, these actors are you know kind of just 
playing from the reality. I'm like, I'd rather see the reality of it and kind of make get involved in like the storyline instead of the, the reality TV. I just hate reality TV personally. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that, that was my thoughts. But what what would it have? Where would it have to go next season for you to come back? I would be totally down with a spin on the horror movies or the the premises of wrong turn like basically the movie wrong turn like west virginia style or even like texas chainsaw massacre was a wrong turn type of element you don't think they should go uh historic again like they kind of did for the um what was that the asylum one the second uh, season wasn't that kind of like a history or like historic kind of uh where they were doing those um medical tests on the uh, inmates and stuff. Yeah, but I think they need to get back to that more just old-fashioned horror roots. Or, you know, a wrong turn premise could be really hard to drag a whole season through. Mm-hmm. I would also, I grew up, you know, late 70s, early 80s. I would not mind seeing a throwback to, like, a sleepaway camp. That's what like I, actually, a, I was thinking. Like a Jason. Like a horror... Thing. Yeah, like a a mix of Friday the Thirteenth and the actual sleepaway camp horror movies with, right. you know, the the summer camp and the kids or you know the the counselors and some some really creepy crazy shit going on. Right, okay. uh, that I think that would be really cool to do for American horror. You'd probably make it more difficult for you to get your son to go uh, camping with you then. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't watch those shows. So. <laughs> All right, uh, give me a review on your uh, your Pilsner. What do you think? It's a yay. Um, it was a little dry and uh, hoppy the first couple sips. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I got the hang of it, it you know it's got a nice smooth dry finish. I could keep putting it down. Like I said, for some reason, I don't know if the beer store it just wasn't cold for me. Hmm. Um, on the cover of it, it's got a bunch of Adirondack chairs. And they're saying it's, you know, like a smooth summertime, refreshing beer. So I definitely could see us like hanging out in the summer, you know, putting away For a couple of reason, these. For some reason, those lighter beers, I always think they taste better like ice cold. Exactly. I don't know why. Exactly. I will give them, I will give them this though. The It not being as ice cold, I definitely tasted more of the, the floral taste to it. Okay. All right. Uh, food pairing? Uh, again, got me thinking summertime. So... You know, either uh, like some sort of chicken vegetable kebab on the grill would probably go really good with this. All right, so uh, kebabs sounds good. All right, uh, well let's get a refill. Oh, sorry, I didn't say mine. Um, yeah, I'm a yay on this worldwide set. I think I've had it before on the show, and I've said the same. It's uh, it's tasty. It's it, you can definitely taste and feel the uh, the alcohol content on this beer, but it's not overwhelming. Like I, like I personally feel uh, of the 120 IPA with that really high alcohol mm. in it. You can, yeah. I think it's a lot more alcohol than, or flavor-wise, uh, a lot yeah. more burn than the uh, Worldwide Stout is, and I, I totally recommend if you haven't tried well, it. Stout's got that smoothness going for him too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of that porter type of dark, uh, I don't want to say coffee flavor, but it is, it's a little bit more... Because stouts, in my mind, are usually a lot smoother than like what a porter would be. Porter has like, but maybe that's yes. the alcohol portion of it. It's given that kind of porter bite, kind of dry, yep. like rough feeling, I guess. Whereas, yep, yep. Yeah, regular stouts are usually smooth, so it's it's a good mix. Um, it's okay. a little pricey, ten bucks a bottle, but if you get, if you get a chance, you should check it out. All right, all right. Uh, let's get another uh, beer, and we'll be back with let's talk games. 
hey, if you want to email us at thelotocouch at gmail.com or tweet us at thelotocouch, maybe we'll send something in return. You can download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. All right, we're back with Let's. Let's. Talk. Talk. Games. Games. <laughs> I thought you were going to leave me hanging. <laughs> All right, uh, did you switch up your beer? No, I'm actually uh, working on a, I got a six pack of the Nooner, so. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I've been slowly buying a bunch of the Worldwide, so actually I'm still finishing the second half of the first one that I have, so I'm just going to stick with that. Okay. But uh, all right, let's jump into some games that you played this past week. And it looks like you and I are twinsies. So why don't yes. you tell us what we played? Yeah, we got we had a lot of uh, a lot of co-op. Well, co-op going with uh, we got back on the Diablo three bug. Yeah. Uh, and I think it, it, it had something with you selling the uh, the update. Yeah, yeah, and we we kind of blitzkrieg through the uh the old what sixteen bit or eight bit overlay Diablo oh just as one. an explanation for that mm-hmm. my sister-in-law i asked her uh, and she was here uh, for the weekend for her birthday okay and then um <laughs> like she had been playing uh overwatch for a bunch okay. with jonas and stuff okay and then she's like okay you can play or whatever and she handed the controller to me and um she's like i'm kind of done so i started playing diablo and nicole's like well instead of lexi just sitting here watching you play diablo why doesn't she play with you and she was like okay so she jumped in, and I had just asked her about that, uh, you know, the uh, 8-bit um, playthrough of the dungeon. Uh-huh. And uh, we so when you joined in, and we were kind of just running through, uh, I had already kind of turned the um, difficulty down, because her character was a little bit lower level than what I was. And, okay. uh, and then she's like, yeah, I just kind of played this this morning, so this is kind of boring for me. That's why I was just kind of running through it when you joined in. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's fine anyways, because... I wanted to go back and do it again, though. Yeah, Slower yeah. and search everything out. Yeah, I mean, we could, and, you know, crank it up a little and see if... You know, I, I still don't know for sure if you get any specific I think she said at the or... end, you get something specific uh, when you beat the final boss. Okay, okay, so yeah, maybe maybe worth checking out again to run through it. Right. But yeah, Diablo 3, I mean, it's been, what, a couple of years now? The game just keeps hooking you every time. It's so uh, easy to play. That's the problem. It, it plays so smooth with a controller, too. Right. I mean, that's, and that's it's really to just jump back in. It's not like, oh, man, I got to get my hand-eye coordination back up for these people who are going to be better than me. When it's, no, it's yep. none of that. Yeah, you just steamroll enemies. You want to crank up difficulty. Yeah, it was, it was a good time, and we got back into it. Uh, Jim was on. Uh, you know, Pigeon's uh, brother was also on, so we got a little four-player action mm-hmm. going. Uh, we both, I think it's safe to say, are heavily uh involved in the witcher 3 yeah i've actually stopped playing uh steep uh i i went to start watchdogs the other day i watched uh-huh. those two and i <laughs> i went back into the witcher i was like eh, let me not play this i'll just get back into the witcher again <laughs> yeah it's it's really good um you know unfortunately because of life you know <laughs> I, life and family and work i I, I'm not one of those people that can sit there. I think maybe my personality too. I can't sit there and devote, you know, an eight hour day into a game anymore, really. Right. Um, but this game, I think there's been a couple six o'clock at night romps. And even on the weekend, I think I got a good three or four hour run in uh, playing it. It just, it's good. I mean, once you, once you start to really understand the, the story and the the crafting and the the alchemy uh 
it, it pulls you in. I mean, it's 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 very daunting and scary if you get lost in the weeds and go off on all the side missions. Yeah, especially because when you use your Witcher sense and you see all those little white blobs of things that's out there that you're like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to fight that. And my sword's yeah. already half broken yep. and I don't want to have to spend my money on fixing that. And Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really good. Um, I'm trying my best to stick to the the straight and narrow I want to see if I can get through the main story. I've heard it takes about 60 hours to beat the main story. Okay. Um, I do see all these like side quests and second quests where I need to be level 10, 12, 14. And right now I think I'm pushing level 6. Okay. Uh, 6 or 7. I think it's 6. And my only fear is if I stay on the straight and narrow and I do the main story, is it is it going to make the game get very difficult for me towards the end because I'm right? You're not leveling up with the. Side I'm not stuff. leveling up with the side stuff. Yep. I mean, is is that what they intend? Is that like, am I kind of, you know, hurting myself down the road? Um, See that that plays into a uh, question I was going to actually bring up. Um, You and I had been talking about you know the backlog of games that we have, and you had even mentioned um, moving forward you were just going to drop a lot of uh, the difficulties on the games that you're playing down to easy just to get them through so you can kind of start chipping away some of the backlog games that you have. Yep, you know, just yep. to get through the story so you could talk about it and stuff and say, okay, I did play that game. It's not just sitting there wasting money. Is this playing fast enough for you? And like you had just said, if you're with that concern and the possibility of having to add in some additional side quest um, it's, time, is it going to be too long of a game for you to finish, you think? Well, I think it gives a little pat on the back to how well of a story it is. It's it's definitely teetering on a little too slow for me. Okay. I think I think that's why I stopped the first time through because I just quickly lost interest. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm getting some of those two to three hour play sessions in on it where I can start to really take in the story and the characters. I mean, the crones, you know, I won't, you know, obviously a lot of people those have played things. this game already, Ugh. but like. But, you know, like the crones and the, you know, the, um, you like the one with the legs coming out the front of her, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the legs coming out the bottom <laughs> of her skirt or whatever. Um, little Jimmy or, you know, like, or, or did you, did you meet the frog boy in the yep. woods? I have to go right, get his know. voice back. Yeah. So, I mean, like stuff like that is like really cool and really pulling me in, but it is teetering on a little, a little too slow for me. And, 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 you know, I did mention to you about knocking things down to easy. I think the other night I even talked about, I might just hold and not play anymore with you right now, because I was saying maybe I can knock out like my tomb Raiders and my gears of war and some of those other ones and do the, the six, eight, 10 hour games versus commit another 40 hours still yeah yeah to, you know to the witcher because the the backlog is just it is it's, now I mean, on that got... and i don't want to drag this out mm-hmm. do you think they could have charged more for a game like witcher than they should be charging with games like you mentioned kind of you know the uh the tomb raiders and you know the, the gears of war and stuff like that if they have a shorter storyline in comparison to like witcher has like a 60 hour storyline do you think no, they should be able I, to charge more? I mean, it seems like it's a lot more story and gameplay. Yeah, I mean, that gets into... I mean, you're opening a can of worms with that argument. I, I think... I think the 60... Please, I don't want to pay the, any more money. I know. I, I think the $60 games are... 
are definitely the the juicy price. I think that's just about right. I, I would argue. I mean, I could see a little of what you're saying. I, the Witcher Three could have maybe been a. Uh, I don't want to say episodic, but you you probably could have easily made it into two. Yeah, you you could have split it in some manner. And at least maybe the route that Blizzard does with, you know, when I know when Diablo comes out with an expansion, it's a pretty solid expansion. You know, it's so maybe The Witcher 3 could have been a $60 game, you know, coming in right at a 40 hour game. And then you get a, a you know, a $20 or $30. So you say like a third of the side missions or two thirds of the side missions. as or, an expansion. Yeah, or not even not even the side missions, but may, maybe you get half of those side missions plus another solid 20 hour of main story gameplay. Mm. Um, again, they, they did, they did everything right with that game. I mean, that's such a, it's such a good game from story to graphics to, you know, the, the yeah. scale of the world. I mean, for God's sakes, I found love boating, you know, going out yeah. in a sailboat. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, I mean, yeah, I haven't hit I, anything where the boat's falling apart on me yet, so I can't say that I've had that, uh, you know, experience. But yeah, but it, but it's really fun. hard to say because I do enjoy games too, where I play them for what what Titanfall two, perfect example. That was what a six to seven hour campaign, one of the mm-hmm. best campaigns I've ever played, and I was happy with you know that time frame. So, but again, to get the the money reasons out of it, which we've kind of talked about before. Should they offer that with the multiplayer option where, you know, you pay 30 bucks for the campaign, you pay another 30 bucks for the multiplayer, or you just spend 60 bucks and you get both? Yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, that's, I, I know we always do talk about that. You could do like a $40 campaign and a $29. Because then it would make Witcher kind of like, a, all right, well, Witcher's a 60-hour game. So, yeah, the 60 bucks is completely understandable. Yeah. Well, I mean, even Titanfall 2, you split it. You have... Like I said, forty dollar campaign and a thirty dollar multiplayer that puts you at seventy. Is are you better off just paying the sixty to get them both? So right, right. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, all right. it's, things to think about, things to talk about. We'll talk about more about that. Uh, yeah, if you guys that are listening have any input on that and you want to disagree with us completely, please let us know at the loaded couch at gmail or you can tweet us at the loaded couch. All right, moving on. Uh, Sony news: Sony has revealed the first color variant for the new slim version of the PS4. Glacier white. Why is it that can, they can only make these damn consoles in white and black? White's pretty sexy looking. I mean, I'm, I'm actually digging this white PS4. Well, yeah, but why do they only make consoles in white and black? I mean, P- PS, uh, what was that? Well, the original PS was gray? Well, the, the new Xbox, the One S, there's different variants. They, I don't know if you really kept up with it, but they have a... Not Laguna Seca blue, but more of like a, a muted gray blue, and it was it was that uh, the Ford. Oh, GT. that was the Forza though, right? That was the Forza edition, and then they have that uh, olive green for the battlefield. Right, edition. right, but this is just like basics. This isn't like a themed one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those other ones, I mean, the Xbox ones, they're really. They were, the only theming they really did with it was they gave you a free copy of the game. Well, yeah, I was going to say, sorry, not themed, maybe bundled. It's a bundled yeah. option. Yeah. Because they had the Gears well, of War one too, right? Yeah, but I mean, what other colors? I mean, you obviously... Yeah, you wouldn't, you want to make you it like a, make a, a wood green. 
<laughs> they make uh, vinyl skins for the, the consoles. You I can think. get one like a walnut or one like a you know like there a maple or a poplar. little burl little burl walnut there with a little high gloss polish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Come on, it's like a showpiece. Maybe you can get one that's made out. It has like a mirror finish. I don't know. Look like look like a 1970s VCR. But just like PlayStation used to have eight. that gray, that gray color for like uh, yeah. what was that? The original PS, and then I think they didn't they they had a uh, special limited edition PS4. I think last year, right? Wasn't Pigeon thinking about buying? It was that the original PS4 gray or PlayStation gray, like you said. I don't remember. I know he got thought, the uh, the headphones that are that color. Like yeah, I think there was a very limited run on that PlayStation being the gray color, and I think he give he gave it a good thought and was afraid his wife would uh, <laughs> you know, castrate him. So well, it's like I remember the uh, like the original PlayStation was gray. the The GameCube was like a blue, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering why they've kind of like just established that black and white is like the way to go now. And I'm, is it just because of the TV colors? I don't know. The new Switch looks like it's graphite. Mm. Yeah, again, like a dark gray color. Just, you know, get something different. I don't know. But Glacier White, what do you think? Yeah, I like it. I, I you know, 249 some holiday special, I'd pick one up. <laughs> no, you wouldn't, you liar. You hate PS4. All right, speaking of uh, PS4, The Flame and the Flood comes to PlayStation 4. Uh, publisher Curve Digital announced today. Uh, PS4 users get the game in the form of the complete edition, which features director's commentary, a dynamic theme, two avatars, and a host of gameplay tweaks. Yeah, this um, we really got to get back on. Right? Hence the ba- the backlog. Uh, it's on the loaded couch account. Oh, okay, all right. So I do have it. I just you do have it. it <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're sitting on like ten games in that uh, account. Too, yes, so. yeah, we are, especially after the uh, the big sale at the end of the year. Yeah, so the the problem is real. We uh, <laughs> we've got a lot of playing to do. All right, so uh, Flame of the Flood, PS4, definitely. Yeah, I think to pick I up. think it's good. I mean, it's it's good for PlayStation. They they should have every right to play it. I know uh, there's a new game called Rhyme also coming out. I think it was just announced. It's coming to Xbox. Same situation. It was supposed to be a PS4 exclusive. Now it's coming to Xbox and. Same with this flame and the flood came out first on with Microsoft. Yeah. Now it's going to PlayStation. All right. Uh, you have full release to go ahead and read this first Microsoft news thing since you called it. All right. Um, Scalebound. <laughs> Scalebound is officially canceled. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, yeah, I think it was, it was a couple weeks ago. We were just shooting the shit like off show with uh, what we were thinking. Some of the big, predictions for the year were going to be and i remember i was like well you guys want to hear a bold one i got it and i said that scale bound game is going to get canceled yeah and <laughs> i think uh pigeon first said no no maybe he didn't i can't remember i was gonna say i thought i agreed with him that there wasn't just because of how much uh, that we've seen from it thus far yeah i just yeah. didn't think it was happening but yeah you called it crazy yeah all right microsoft <laughs> has removed mentions of scale bound from its website and removed all trailers of the game from its primary youtube channel it's wow. crazy. All right. Uh, yeah. Entries for other canceled Microsoft exclusives, such as Fable Legends and the Phantom Dust remake, can still be found on both its website and YouTube channels. I th- I think this was a... I mean, having worked in games slightly before and now working in software development, I think this was a case of 
Platinum, right? It's Platinum Games. Mm-hmm. They they must have missed a lot of milestones. They must have they must have had quite the arguments back and forth and got more time or more lead way to do something and just couldn't meet the promises they were laying out. And I think finally somebody did an office visit and was just like, we're pulling the plug on this thing. We just more of a, more of a case of, I mean, put yourself in the shoes of being, you know, the boss of Microsoft as far as like publishing, would you want something half baked coming out? You know that no, but I don't know if I'd want the lost money either. It, well, exactly. I mean, that's that's the pickle. I mean, um, how many? Not to get into this earlier, or not, but how many games does Microsoft have releasing this year thus far that we know of? I think maybe just a handful. Yeah. That's, yeah I mean, maybe, that, are they holding? Uh, yeah, we'll get into that later. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, do you give them more time? I mean, I know they made promises and stuff, but it seems like there was a bunch of people that were super interested in the game. No, I, I, I mean, let's talk about it now. We'll, we'll knock it out now because you know we got, we still got some Nintendo talk. And, okay. Um, I, I think the problem is Microsoft is starting to concern me, not scare me, but just concern me with the folk, the focus on the big three, you know, the halo, the gears and the Forza. Um, I understand they're the money makers. Uh, I don't know if I know for Forza does like every year because they're on that cycle now with the horizons one year and Forza the other year. And I think they even said halo was going to be on like a three year cycle um, gears, we just got gears four, and I know they're trying to pretty much relaunch that IP with the new characters. Uh, I really think they should. I don't know if they said it once in an article, but I think they should take the approach of evaluating the types of IPs they have and finding games to fit that. Yeah, I mean, there's also the thing of sometimes you just got to let something go. Yeah, I mean, it can't just continue forever. I mean, you got to reinvent something every once in a great while. And then I also question the people in charge from the marketing side of, like, I think a game like um, Recore, mm-hmm. and I think a game like Sunset Overdrive. I think they did quite a big push on Sunset Overdrive, but I think a game like Recore, maybe Ori. Um, yeah, Ori. I mean, Ori should have had commercials. Like, I mean, I'm talking prime time fill spots. I mean, for the amount of effort that they put into that E3 presentation for Ori, yeah, it definitely should have had a lot more advert going to it. Exactly. And when you watch that presentation at E3, yeah, that was a hell of an experience for the people that were there. Yeah, with the lights going out and everybody's white lights glowing to make it look at the start. It was... But but your average your average people the public didn't watch E3's press conference right it's, you know and here it is you have an IP and a character that's adorable and cute could totally you know be adopted by you know young girls um, not saying you know I won't try to say that Ori's in the same ballpark as you know Mario and stuff like that or maybe a crash or I mean but but here here's an IP and I'm, I'm you know a platformer character that 
I just think they dropped the ball on. They dropped it on Ori. I think they they should have held Recore out for maybe a little bit more, another six months, and you know tuned it up a little bit more and did another big marketing push. I mean, Jewel in that game, is, is another IP. There's no reason why Jewel couldn't be now. Now that's probably more like your Crash Bandicoot or something because of the the 3D platformer, right? Um, you know the the controls are super smooth in it. Uh, yeah, I'm just really concerned with the the meetings that those people have where they say, well, it's something new. You know, how much money do we really want to put into it? Rather than somebody in that room needs to stand up and say, this is an IP we you know, in an area we don't have games, we feel really confident on this, and let's swing for the fence and push it hard. Well, do you think it's an uphill battle? Because Phil came out at um, E3 saying that they were really focusing on games now because Microsoft has finally seen the light of how much the Xbox is actually worthwhile. And it seems to me like they've kind of just taken the mentality that the Xbox is kind of their introduction into the living room. They've finally gotten in there, and it seems like the computer realm of things is just kind of taking over. They're like, okay, we have a new box that controls everything, and we're just going to keep focusing more on that than they are of the actual gaming that Phil's been promising. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I mean, what you're saying is maybe they're spreading themselves too thin. No, I'm thinking maybe they're just thinking too much because they're making it super easy app reasons with like the windows interface you know getting everything up on the tv that you want like any of the history apps and the sci-fi apps and the you know uh netflix youtube all that stuff making it interactive where you're using the xbox more for multimedia than you are for gaming and i'm thinking that they're thinking that way and the parent company of microsoft as a as a whole is kind of dictating it more than the gaming that phil promised that saying that they've microsoft has finally seen the benefits or the you know the value in what xbox brings to the table for gamers and then sticking with that and it just seems like that's kind of fallen to the wayside again but i think that well that could just be a perception we have because they have tried going to games you know with the the sunset overdrive the ori the recore um i know i'm missing one or two other big ones that they came out with that weren't so hot but they're still decent games right um oh quantum break right you know it's, uh, and now i think quantum break there's like that fine line too between the first party and the second party they call it so I think like Quantum Break and Sunset Overdrive were second party. They were basically oh Rise, Son of Rome. Uh, they were games where the IP was owned by the company that created them, but Microsoft published them. Sure. So where some of the some of the first party ones, like where Ori, Ori's owned by Microsoft, I believe. So you have that, and I know there's a whole money issue there too. But again, I. I just think some of these things are like voids in their catalog that they could have really pushed hard and try to get more things out. Like, and, and, and you know, again, whoever's working for the company, maybe hunting and searching for that next big it game. Uh, we just talked about the Witcher three, like you have, you know, I almost think like you have a studio with, I know Sony's really good with their IPs, them and Nintendo. Uh, you know, Sony has The Last of Us and God of War. Um, I think Microsoft really needs something besides they're just Gears of War. You know, they, they need that big open world game. And I thought Scalebound could have been it. I mean, I, when I first saw that, I pictured 
James Cameron avatar, you know, flying dragons in a massive world. I mean, imagine if if Scalebound was set into the scope and scale of The Witcher. Yeah, like I was again in the open world thing. I I was almost thinking it was kind of more of a uh, kind of like what you're saying with that James Cameron kind of avatar feeling, but kind of like the uh, World of Warcraft kind of feel as well, where you're kind of leveling yourself up, leveling your dragon up with you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, all, you're definitely. Gonna, you're going to intermingle with others in the world and stuff. It'd be like, yeah, yeah, an R- RPG dragon in a in an open world. Right. I mean, and and I think I think we all envision that, and I think the scope and scale was just way too big for what uh, Platinum was delivering on their milestones, and that's why it got it got pulled. Hmm. So. I mean, to wrap it up, I'll say, like I said, I'm concerned for this year. Let's see what E3 does. I'm excited for Scorpio. Yeah. I, I think, I, you think they're holding I, out a lot for that? Do you think they kind of... I hope so. I hope that's what it is. I mean, I hope so. I hope this is the year of, you know, more games and, you know, with Sea of Thieves and Crackdown. But again, and... Sea of Thieves is in that situation where they're not advertising a whole lot of that. That's that could be a game... huge open world game for them. That's I think you and I were talking. That's the game that could have the magnitude of impact of a game like Destiny. A, you know, two complete one sci-fi, one's a shooter, you know, but this other one's a pirate game, but if they marketed and pushed that game correctly, that could be the type of game and experience that people haven't had that makes them say I need to go buy an Xbox for this game. Right. And and I'm I'm a little worried cuz I I did watch some of the videos and stuff from the Sea of Thieves um developers uh and they have a podcast as well. Um them saying that a lot of it, especially on the big boats, the big ships uh is kind of um group effort. It is. It is. They said they have like the big map is down on like the first level. So you need somebody down there looking at the map. You need somebody up in the crow stand and then somebody at the wheel. So it's like Mm -hmm. you almost need a minimum of three people with you while you're gaming. So I'm a little bit nervous about that. But I know that you had said previously that you saw something that there are small boats that can be singly manned. Yeah, they talked about smaller boats. and And I think Destiny had success with their three man fire teams and the division with their four man teams. And you know, I th- I, th- I think if they do it right, it can still work. Right. Uh, but no, I, I I agree with you. There there are some people that just don't like to play with others, uh, and do that communication. But then so. it seems like a lot. Well, I, I don't know if it's just because of our age or not. But you, myself, and Pigeon are ones that like to game with other people. So yeah. I think that game could be great and huge, but it's just not getting the advert that it needs to. I think kind of like yeah. what you're saying. Uh, nope, I agree. All right, let's move on to some Nintendo news. Uh, it says, game artist David Hellman uh, pointed this out on Twitter, that the Nintendo Switch logo is not symmetrical. Hmm. The, the yang is off, huh? Yeah, it looks to be. It's like the, um, the right, I guess you could say, joyst- joystick is almost uh, mid-placed on the right stick, where the left one is on the upper quadrant or the upper yeah what do, they, what do they call those things joy cons is yeah, that what they were? i think that's what it was yeah it's like short for joy controller or something I don't know. so the right hand one is almost center or located in the center of the controller where the left one is located in like the top quadrant of the controller. and i i think that is representative of the real controller yeah uh, because i did take notice in the trailer for the switch when you slide those controllers off and each person can have one separately as like a two player game. Yep. 
I did notice the thumbstick on the one was a little bit more centered than the other person had. So I'm curious, like, what's that going to feel like? Like, like, say you got the left side with the upper thumbstick and you flip that 90 degrees, you've got the perfect full-on left side thumbstick and the AB button on your right thumb. Yep. But now if I get the right side, I've got the thumbstick more towards the middle. Mm. And where's my two buttons, you from know, the, like... From the size of it, I don't think it would be a huge concern. Um, I see, I think the reason that they placed it the way they did is not so much the the single or the, the, the shared played usage. I think it's more of the single player use, user on like the game pad with the screen in the middle. Where exactly. you don't want to be reaching yep. down to the bottom the whole time. Um, yep. But yeah, I can see what you mean. It's kind of like a... <laughs> you're always going to have the guy that's, well, it's, it's my console, so I get the one with the, the joystick located correctly. You always get yeah. the shit one. But. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't think it ever was intended to have that logo be symmetrical. I think it's just accurately representing what the controller is. Right. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, going back, I don't think I'd really give artist David Hellman huge, you know, props for noticing it's not symmetrical. But, you know, again, whatever. Anyway. All right, uh, estimated runtime for Nintendo Switch presentation. What do you think? Well, we're, let's see, we, we're about 45 minutes off from when we're recording this. Right, uh, and I guess they usually go about an hour, so what do you what I don't do you know, I've never say? watched one of those Treehouse events. I mean, I don't know if you have, but I'm assuming yes. this is going to be a good just 60-minute type of presentation. Yeah, the Treehouse ones are, um, uh, they, they differ depending on the game and depending on what they're presenting. Sometimes they're a half an hour, 45 minutes, or an hour. I don't think they ever really go over that hour time limit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're, they're always interesting. So what do you well, want to say? Here, well, let me make a bold prediction. Okay. I'll say it's not 60 minutes. I'm going to say it's going to be a 30-minute presentation. Okay. I'll, I'll go with 30 minutes. I think it's going to be short and sweet. Uh, what do I want to see? Hmm. I want to see the new Mario game. Okay. I want to I want to see them show. They've been showing the hell out of Breath of the Wild. I want to see uh, the new Mario game. And... I want to, let me see, what do we got here? Are there any games that you have for Xbox or PlayStation that you'd like to see how it looks on the Switch that would, you know, kind of do that, making it a competitor? Um, Something well, new? Well, I mean, that's hard to say. I don't, I'm trying to think of something that's new that's multi-platform. Maybe like a Watch Dogs? Well, Ubisoft. Let's see Steep, obviously. Let's okay. see him put Steep on there. Uh, something from Ubisoft. I, I think you called it there. I mean, you could get a Watch Dogs. Uh, something that's got to definitely flex some muscle to show the third-party support. See, I, what, don't, I don't think it's going to have enough processor power for something like a um, uh, Dead Rising. Yeah, probably not. I mean, what... What what game do you think? Like, what do you want to see? And and do you think it's going to be an hour long or thirty minutes or what? Uh, I think it'll hit that hour because usually they do like the whole presentation and then afterwards they have like the the people. If it is a treehouse, is is that what it is? The treehouse presentation? I don't know if it's exactly that, but I think it's going to be in the same manner. Mm. Mm, crap. Uh, and they they might be lucky if they hit an hour because I was going to say usually they have commentary afterward with the people breaking down things and talking about them. Yeah, with a little bit more discussion about it and stuff. Uh, 
I'll just say an hour to be, you know, to, uh, to, to go against, or, you know, to give a difference. Um, what do I want to see? I'd like to see what they're going to do to differ or recreate a new Splatoon. Okay. Because, um, I mean, they showed the gameplay of Splatoon in the original released video for mm-hmm. the, like, the, you know, the, what was that, the early release uh, kind of teaser trailer. Okay. Um, I'd like to see if they made any changes or if there's going to be something new or if it's kind of just, you know, this is you playing the old Splatoon on the new system. What What would make you say right at the moment, I need to buy this? I'm probably buying it day one anyway, or at least really close to day one. Uh, wouldn't have to buy. Mm, crap, maybe either like a new Mario Kart that would only be available for that, or like a new you know, uh, you know, Smash Bros. That's only available for that. Um, I'll give some input here. I got a two-parter. Okay. If I watch, if I watch this thing tonight, and it shows that. It's got backward compatibility. I don't mm, care how okay. they do it. It's got backward compatibility. And it introduces, finally, a chat system equivalent to party chat. They almost have to. I mean, even if they came out with an analog system that doesn't compete with, like, the <laughs> Xbox. Dri- kind of like the original PS4. It is. It, it sucks. <laughs> it's it's horrible. Like, when I've been like, Jimmy, you want to play some Mario Kart? He's like, yeah. But let's pl- let's turn on the Xbox and we'll chat through that while we're talking, you know, while we're racing. I'm like, that's so stupid. It's like, why I'm have tell- both I'm systems running you right now? Not being a big Nintendo person, but I do love their stuff. If it can give me backwards compatibility and I can party chat with my friends and play their games, I will definitely want to buy a Switch. Oh, that I love. I love that you brought that up. That is one thing that I think is always amazing with their DSs. Mm-hmm. Is that they make some games that are um, group play. Okay. Like if I have Mario Kart 7 on my DS and I come mm-hmm. over to visit you and you guys have a DS, yes. you can download a few different boards and you can play with me even though you don't have the game. Yep. Yep. I love that. It, that would be awesome if they could do that because I mean, they are kind of pushing this on like the DS model where mm-hmm. they're showing it as a handheld device that can be brought and shared with friends. That would be incredible. If, I, I think if they incorporate some of that with these because i mean they showed on uh, that video one group where they were all playing mario kart i think it was mario kart maybe it was platoon but there was a group of four people two two of the people had the switch it'd be really mm-hmm. cool if one per if you could do that game share and then have it yeah. be group play okay and then to wrap it up what is something that hasn't been talked about or revealed that you want to see or predict that freaking Nintendo Club, uh, you know, that thing where it's like, you know, these purchases and the things that you do, it's almost kind of like, uh, it's like almost re- like reward the reward system. Lab. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I hope they do something like that. Okay. I'm going to say that they continue the sensor bar. Oh, okay. Just like the, the, you know, the Wii U. Yep. Not, not on the magnitude of a connect or the eye, but they're going to have a sensor bar. Uh, for for future possibilities, and I'm gonna throw out a tribute to Pigeon here. I would love to see them bring back Duck Hunt for Nintendo <laughs> Switch. Nice. 
<laughs> with a a gun accessory and, and some kind of of hunting duck you know a duck hunt game for Nintendo. That'd be incredible. I also hope that Nintendo. This is just me hoping, just random. I don't know if it's going to happen ever. I I hope that they they continue to cater to getting people mobile and moving around. Yes, and let me let me just the famous calc real quick. Let me tack on to that duck hunt because Pigeon again called this Nintendo. If you're listening with your mobile IPs, make your your duck hunt game on the Switch also work on the touchscreen tablet. Yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe have like an infrared uh, dot on one of the controllers and that you could take off and point at the screen because there's no, going to no, be a like, front-facing camera. You know there is. No, you could just t- you could t- tap it. Like imagine oh, okay. if you could download Duck Hunt for three bucks on your iPhone or your Android, and the ducks fly across the screen real fast or different ways, yeah. and you have to you have to tap them quick. <laughs> I, I mean, that's right. there. There you go. <laughs> that could work. <laughs> all right all right uh multi-platform news we got a lot to talk about in here so uh let's get ready and let's get through this uh rocket league has over 25 million registered players and it seems like our own kelk's son is one of them now yeah we um he likes it we uh, he loves it he's been he's been begging me for months Ooh, excuse me um he's been begging me for months and it went went on the sale you know the big xbox sale and, you know, we're trying to teach him the value of money and stuff. So I told him, I said, it's down to 10 bucks if you want it. Uh, oh, I actually made a bet with him and I'm trying to remember what the bet was. But the bet was if was if uh, he lost, he had to buy uh, Rocket League with his own money. <laughs> and, uh, uh, doesn't that suck it suck getting older and you can't remember those freaking bets you make? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. And it, it wasn't something that like was advantage to me by any means. But sure. it was I think it was something on a TV show we were watching. I'm like, I'll yeah, bet okay. you that this happens or that. And so he lost and he uh, he had to buy it. But sure as shit, man, he stomped right to his room, grabbed 10 bucks and handed it to me. He's like, I'm <laughs> buying this game. <laughs> he wanted it anyway. So it wasn't really a exactly. losing situation. I got yeah. You. He's like, he's like, you were telling me when it goes on sale, I can get it. So, yeah, he he got Rocket League. He's actually getting pretty good at it. He's learned all these like. 90 degree cut moves and stuff that you can do and he's getting pretty good at the jump see i have it for playstation i I don't think i'd rebuy it for xbox but i wish i didn't or i wish i had it on xbox so that jonas could play with evan that'd be nice yeah yeah it's it's cool but i you know i think you and i talked about it once i it's one of those 30 minutes into it and i'm kind of like okay yeah yeah you're yeah i'm done yeah it's it's not a fifa fifa you can play for a little bit longer than that but it is fun for what it is 25 millions, a lot of people. Congrats yeah, to them. Lot. Yeah, definitely. All right, Mass Effect, Andromeda. Uh, resolutions. Sorry. Uh, great more bickering over resolution. Uh, but what about the Scorpio? Do you think the resolution is going to be up uh, for the PS Plus and the Scorpio? Well, so they t- they taught the little snippet we got here is PS4 is going to be, I guess, 1080p, and the Xbox One's going to go 900p. Which Xbox One, not the Scorpio. Yeah, so one for or people, One S. The One, and I think it goes to both. Okay. For pe- people listening, remember, Rise Son of Rome was 900p, and it's still to this day is probably one of the best looking. It had that upscaling through the processor, though. Yep. Yep. Right. Um, but it did look amazing. Looks amazing. Uh. Yeah, they're saying, I guess, there's going to be a slight resolution difference between the two of them. But I did see an article, too, where I think they said 
they had no plans or any work being done right now on adjusting it or fixing it, I guess you would say, for the Scorpio, which just totally baffles me because, you know, it's really no treating it no different than the, like a PC port. But again, it's all about resources and yeah, getting the game say, out. If they're already making it 1080 for PS4, why is it not being so for the Scorpio then, since that machine can definitely handle it? I don't know, but either way, the Mass Effects 1, 2, and 3, they're in my backlog. So, I mean, for the gameplay that I've seen, it looks really good. But when I'll actually get Andromeda, uh, <laughs> I couldn't say. I got a love pigeon with his Andromeda. All right, uh, Space Talk. Here's the one that's going to take a while. Um, no Man's Sky, Astroneer, Astroneer, uh, Everspace, Elite Dangerous, and more. What is ideal to us for a space game? Uh, you know, having played The Witcher now, you know, the three of us, actually, and, and pulled in for, like, long, the long story versus, uh, you know, the shooters and the Minecrafts and stuff like that. What do we want from a space game that would make it uh, ideal? Or what, what would be the key ingredient uh, for the space game that we would end up buying it and playing it for a long time? Um, well, I mean... I was really rough and harsh on No Man's Sky only because <laughs> only because when I when I saw that that coming out it it definitely fell into kind of what I was just talking about with Rocket League um it, it, visually it looks stunning and the the art style and but like how long can you just fly around without Without really reward, I would say. I mean, it, it's cool to explore and it's cool to see procedural generated, you know, planets. But what's the reward? Like, what's the purpose of that? What I do you think, think? If they had a good villain or two, I mean, if you think about any of the space things that we watch, um, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, mm -hmm. the Star Wars, the Star Trek, um, you know, these space things, there's always a good and a bad or a, you know, the character, the main character and his opponent, um, mm -hmm. you know, depending on what side you're on, doesn't matter. Um, I think it really needed that alien character or at least more races to interact with that would randomly come after you, that would... Oh you know, randomly come in and takes and like seize your property and drop you off at a random space station and be like, oh, crap, they just okay, completely so, took so my then, ship and now I have to start from scratch again. You know what I mean? So to interject then here, I think all of these, I mean, we did pick up Everspace. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. And Elite Dangerous has had so many updates that I heard it's it's fabulous now. Uh, and I've played a little bit of Astroneer. I think what you're saying then is we need a single player story with these Not and you even. need the, it, it and, doesn't and you even need, need the to villain. be that. I mean, I mean, you can have the villain in a multi or like an open world kind of, uh, I mean, look at the Witcher. I mean, as you're going through the world, if you, if you randomly venture into the woods, there's wolves and bears in there that can kind of, you know, kill okay, you. So you're saying, you're saying more, uh, impacting npcs that can alter your experience right even if it's yeah. like a villain race like that somebody who's kind of establishing themselves in space as well 
but it's mm-hmm. like an overall just like a you know like a klingon type of thing you know as well, a, you know, i think like a, i think maybe well i think then maybe we definitely should try out everspace because i think that's one of uh, the description i had heard was it was a rogue type of game with uh very similar to the premise of you remember th- that tom cruise movie where he he dies each day like groundhog's day yeah 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 so i heard everspace is a it's a flight sim uh, space exploration RPG um, that when you're when you die from NPC encounters like you said you know villains uh, you start back because um, you're actually a clone pilot so when you die mm. the areas that you've explored are uploaded and always available to you for your next playthrough and you also keep resources and revenue that was gathered from your previous clone. So it, it kind of is a you explore and come encounters and NPCs and battles and fights, but it's not all lost when you die. Right, right. So, you know, maybe we should try that out. Elite, Elite Dangerous has a passenger and co-op exploration now. It's... Like that No Man's Sky that you sent me, that was the one that they had that like flower looking alien ship that came in, right? No, that was the Elite Dangerous. So that was the the first encounter with an alien in that game because that's how... That's how big it is. Nobody's encountered an alien encounter. And that's the thing. Like I know when you get into, because you had kind of asked about this, I know when you get into space, space is so vast that the chances of meeting up with somebody else is going to be like, you know, slim to none. Mm Mm-hmm. So I know that's kind of like a ridiculous thing to say, like, you know, add that villain or that, you know, that uh, opponent kind of mm-hmm. aspect to the game. But, yeah, I think it is needed. Like, I mean, you yeah, saw, well, like, the video that you sent me, you saw how excited those people got about seeing that exactly, alien exactly. race. And So, I mean, I'll, I'll sprinkle it all in together. I, I think I'm going to agree with you. I, I think it needs, uh, it needs villainous NPCs that can give you a challenge. I, I will go above and beyond as I think all these games should have some sort of single player component to them storyline wise, even if it's a six or eight hour campaign. Um, and then then you're well, there thrust is technically in, an end to uh, Elite Dangerous, isn't there? I don't think there is, man. I think you can literally explore the universe. It's um, just never. OK. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say campaign. NPCs, villains, uh, the I like I love The Witcher Three with the RPG, the exploration, mm-hmm. the storylines, that type of stuff, side quests, um, and then Astroneer, man, just the little bit of time I spent with it. It's Minecraft in space. It's it's so exciting to be able to to mine down and find that cave. It's just that wow moment when when I broke through the ground and my son and I came into a cavern. It was that same moment that you get in Minecraft when you discover a mine shaft. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. So yeah. in the four that we've mentioned, mm-hmm. no man's sky, what's that? Ne- what's that need? I think it needs it. Well, it needed the crafting and building, which I believe it has now gotten. Okay. I think it's called the builders expansion or something. They should have held out, and that game should have shipped with that from the start. What's Astroneer need? Um, well, it's like pre-alpha, so it needs a lot less bugs. <laughs> it needs, um, I mean, it's got co-op. 
It's got co-op. It's a co-op Minecraft and space. Well, it's like Elite Dangerous supposedly it's co-op, but how easy is it to find your friend? You start right from the star dock with each other, I believe. And you can actually go onto planets and rovers together now, Was it No Man's Sky then that said that you start randomly? No Man's Sky is random and you have no way of finding your friends. Yeah, that was the one. Okay. I was like... That was the other. That was the other thing I was going to mention. I was like, I know that one of them said you start randomly. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, can you imagine just flying forever, being like, yeah, I'm at this star base. Please come and find me, and you just can't yeah. ever meet with your friend. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I think I think Astroneer they add some uh, some form of uh, you know I won't say mobs, but some kind of NPC element would definitely be icing on the cake for that game. Okay, Everspace. Haven't had a chance to try it out yet. Uh, an Elite Dangerous. Uh, I don't know if it's missing anything. Uh, again, we, you have to pay for the DLCs though. That's the problem. So Mm. it has co-op, it has passenger exploration, it has rovers on planets. It has all that stuff now. I just, you know, it's a little extra bang. It just doesn't have the villain. And it doesn't have the story mode. It doesn't have a campaign. so. So you think the campaign is the seller? I think it is. I think you give people a six or eight hour engaging story and they've completed that story. I mean, it's space. Now I got a question. Do you think that's why Minecraft story mode did so well? Yeah. Yeah. I think they went in reverse. I mean, they took a totally go in reverse. They, they they took a universe and a world that everybody's imagination was limitless. And they said, Hey, check this out. Here's a story in that world. Right. Where, where I think with the space games, you, you start with here's your story and here's your campaign and you've completed it. But guess what? Here's the rest of the universe. Go explore. Keep, keep checking it out. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, beer thoughts. Still the same. Still yay. Yeah. It's still chicken it, kebab. Yeah. It's smooth and good. I highly recommend the nooner from Sierra Nevada. All right. Myself, I'm a yay. Uh, still continuing with my worldwide stout. And uh, we're going to get a new beer, hopefully. I don't know if Cal, he's got the six pack. So, uh, But we'll be back with the Brown Breeze. For more from the Loda Couch, check us out on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. If you like me and would like to follow me on Twitter at Pigeon Pegleg and also on Twitch, Pigeon Pegleg. Pigeon Pegleg. Hey, this is Scotch Hound. If you want to hear more from me, you can check me out on Twitter at Scotchhound underscore LC or on Twitch at Scotchhound. All right, we're back with the Brown Breeze section of the show. Uh, Calc, what are you drinking? Nooner number three. <laughs> Nooner number three? Nice. Yeah, they're actually nice and cold now, so they're highly recommended for summertime. Oh, gotcha. All right, myself, I am uh, I switched over. I'm going to follow up that nice expensive beer with a champagne of beers, my Miller High Life. I, I knew it. I knew you were going the High Life. <laughs> <laughs> my Milwaukee piss, uh, which is union made. I can't uh, tell you what the hell the ABV is because it doesn't say on the can. Anyway, all right, let's move into some diarrhea of the mouth. Uh, a mother in Westchester, Ohio, bought Splatoon for her daughter at a Target uh, a week before Christmas, where it was shrink-wrapped and locked in a case. Of course, it's, I mean... Nothing can go wrong at Target, right? Yeah, everything seemed fine on Christmas morning until she took off the shrink wrap so her daughter could open the box where she found a copy of Sensual Seduction 2. 
Do you, nice. Do do you think there was a dirty gaze given across the room to the husband? <laughs> oh, shit, maybe caught, caught in the act at a quick uh, replacement with the uh, with the Blu-ray. All right. So, quote: I had to explain to her a little bit that Santa's elves don't make the video games; they actually get them from the stores, uh, and it had. Uh, had to have been a mix-up that Santa didn't know about. End quote. It it could fly. I mean, I've I've used the uh, Santa's helpers definitely get oh, yeah, their sure. su- supplies and materials from you know because I get the I've gotten the why is it in a box from the store and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's... Why is there still a price tag on it? <laughs> I I haven't got <laughs> caught with that. <laughs> Can you imagine though? Whoa, 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 whoa. Miss yeah. Lippy. Why is there a yeah. receipt in the bag? Yeah. <laughs> why is there a gift receipt? Here? <laughs> oh shit. Uh, that's sensual that, seduction too, and then, and then of course. Now, uh, wouldn't you? I mean, with games, I I don't know. I mean, I I guess I've never opened them with the shrink wrap, but. Wouldn't you think that like you would have popped the case open and checked it before you wrapped it? Mm. Nah, me personally, probably not. But I got a question because you you did work at GameStop. Mm-hmm. I thought you had told me one time that when a game first came in, you were allowed to take a copy home with you, yes, bring it you... back, and then they would shrink wrap it again and put it on the shelf for reset. Uh, we no, we didn't shrink. We didn't shrink wrap. Shrink wrap them. Uh, they would just because what happens? Yeah, because what happens with the used games is the case goes on display and the disc is in the like a sleeve case in a drawer behind the the counter. Okay. And so if you, we we were allowed to have one new title taken out. So if you were first on the list, you had to wait till somebody brought it back. Okay. You couldn't you couldn't like take a new game and have three different people. Using up three copies of it. You only allowed one store copy. Gotcha. Um, but this was so but, the employees could talk about the game. If Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You could take it out for a night or two and get some experience. You know, right, obviously, right. if you had all that free time, you could beat the game, obviously, in sure. two nights. But Seems yeah, like it was a way to, it was a way a to do it. Seems like but, the perfect gig for a pigeon peg leg. Oh, man. He should definitely be part-time at GameStop. He would have it made. Right. Um, even if... <laughs> He should seriously go in, even if they gave him a four-hour shift. Um, he'd make out like a bandit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is how that happened, though, because, I mean, I would hope not. But even even use game trade-ins, I mean, you open the case and check the game and everything. So yeah. I think I've heard stories. I mean, I think somebody razor knifed this thing and just slid it in there as a joke. And obviously this poor lady got the central seduction, too. She got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have Emily Fitzgerald said that when she made her first Yanni, that's Y-O-N-I necklace. Might be. Is it Yoni? It's not like Yanni, the, the singer. It's uh, I'm not or, sure. Or the, or the musician Maybe Yanni. It would be a long O because the I, yeah. yeah. Yoni. Yoni. All right. It's Sanskrit yeah. for down there lady parts. Oh, nice. So it's that's really that. Sanskrit <laughs> for the bat. I don't know if that's true or not. It could just be our own pigeon peg leg uh, joking with us. All right. Her daughter called her a freak. But like a badass, she wanted to show her daughter that yonis are great. 
So she started selling them on Etsy. Nice. All right, so this is called the Galaxy Puss Pendant. Okay, so for the listeners, these are little palm-sized ornate necklaces that have look like vaginas, lips and all. (laughs) But they're colorful. So they're like very the, colorful, the, li- yeah. the lipped area would be like blue, and then the regular external evolver area would be evolver area would be like a purple. Yeah, there's some like nice contrast there, some different coloring. Yellow um, and pink, uh, pink and blue, purple and blue. And blue. Now, now that's just your standard galaxy puss pendants. Yes. Now they have a galactic, which look to have something inside of them. What do they got? Little sparkles in there? It's like yeah, it looks like a sparkly stone, like but like a black stone. Looks like caviar pussy. <laughs> <laughs> do you pay extra for that? That's that's. Like... <laughs> do you lick the caviar out of there? <laughs> oh my god! And then there is the rainbow gla- galaxy puss, which is the the actual whole lips and everything else kind of have like a very lgbt kind of i was gonna to say those those are down. for the, those are for our lgbt listeners yeah those are... but then the, the center of it's filled with that <laughs> what did you call it the caviar, caviar <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah okay not the cheap shit either the good russian stuff that's right that's right now they also have what looks to be a all-seeing eye vaginae necklace which looks very Lord of the Rings uh, Sauron. Oh my God, it has the, the all-seeing eye inside of the vagina. Or or, or it's the, the Geralt pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. And then they have the vaginas with crystals. Which okay. is just a crystal stone inside of the vagina. These, and these ones are made by... Jim Henson's Creature Shop. These look like the dark crystal. Yeah, yeah. Those are actually interesting looking, other than the vagina shape of the regular necklace. Well, well, you, with the, the vaginas with the crystals, you can, you could probably almost get away with somebody not realizing their vaginas. Sure. But. <laughs> All right. And then I guess there was one that was called the mirrored uh, Yoni's at the end we don't have a picture of so so I'm do you assuming think it's just you putting a mirror in your pants and looking up or looking down at what you have in your pants do you think subconsciously that these are modeled after uh <laughs> emily fitzgerald <laughs> i would hope not because they're all wide open <laughs> oh, they're boy. ready they're ready for service they're, <laughs> they have they have the neon open sign hanging over top of them yeah. Hot dog down a hallway. <laughs> oh my god! But so, but I can completely, completely understand and see where her daughter was calling her, <laughs> calling her a freak. Uh, well, I don't know if I'd call her a freak. I'd just say, "Are you freaking serious? This is yeah, what you're doing." <laughs> hey, if she's selling them, whatever. There's a market for everything. Seriously, there definitely is. All right, uh, we have some questions from listeners. Our first question comes from at the ghost of Fidel. Hmm. Castro? Uh, yeah, I'm assuming so. Uh, what the fuck did my fellow countrymen do to me when I died? Not only did everyone around the world cheer of my death, but they also laughed at me 
as my brand new Russian SUV broke down. <laughs> Why couldn't they do what they did for Taiwan's former uh, Chiai County Council Speaker Tun Sang? For Christ's sake. I was El Presidente, not a stupid council speak. Uh, did I mention I had 50 poll dancers? Oh, no, no. He had 50 poll dancers. Oh, so he I had, guess this, oh, the, the this speaker council had, speaker had 50 poll dancers in his, uh, his pr- funeral procession. Uh, procession. And our, <laughs> our, our friend uh, Ghost of Fidel here had his SUV breakdown, <laughs> had to have his paramilitary <laughs> push it for him. The the ta- Taiwanese county council speaker, Hung Sang, had 50 pole dancers, which look like they're on the back of a pickup truck with a pole mounted in the back of the truck. 50 of them in his funeral procession. <laughs> Looking ridiculous. Well, I guess it's safe to say we know where a lot of the taxpayer money went. <laughs> you can imagine where he was spent most of his time in that funeral procession. Can you imagine being his wife and that being like in his will for his funeral procession? Oh my god, <laughs> you'd be so. <laughs> oh my god! All right, sorry. Uh, yes, well, thank you for the question at the ghost of Fidel. All right, our next question comes from at Brad Pitt the Vampire. Hmm. <clears throat> All right, I have to do this in vampire voice. It's preempt. It's preempting me to do some. Did you see my dreams have finally come true? Everyone thinks that vampires suck blood, but this is not true. We also love to relax and smell the delicious luxury, li- liquid luxury that fills our bellies. Now I can smell the Resident Evil 7 4D candle with joy because it smells like old timber, leather, and blood. So who's buying? P.S. Don't say blah, blah, blah. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right, so there's a Resident Evil 7 4D candle. Well, you had me at timber leather, but then you lost me at yeah, the, the blood. The smell of old timber and leather and then blood. Hmm. I actually got a, um, my brother-in-law bought me a candle for my birthday. Or no, for, for Christmas. Uh, it's uh, like a manly smell it's like old old tobacco pipe <laughs> it, it smells like an old man's like smoking room you know it's it's pretty good stuff actually um, you burn that in your uh man cave? I, I i haven't burned it yet i just kind of lift the top off once in a while because it does get pretty strong <laughs> oh wow okay just um, not even burning it just with the top off yeah not even burning but oh, it's wow. funny that this has uh timber and leather because we know that he likes candles. He does like aromatherapy, so we picked him up uh, burnt wood candles. Okay, you know because men love to be in the woods and sure, chop down yeah. trees and burn Have wood. A campfire so. around here, exactly. So yeah, it's, but yeah, this is uh, interesting. How do you get the smell of blood? Is I it have like no idea? Is it like rotten carcass smell or? Well, that's yeah. like the birdie bots of your flavored beans. How do you get the the, the taste of vomit correct? <laughs> or or a rotten egg. It's like, I'm not going to sit there taste testing what an actual rotten egg tastes like before I'd say, oh yeah, those birdie butter beans taste like that. Yeah, they. I've seen shows where they have like laboratories with like artificial powder scent of like every smell on the planet. Now, is this, this is interesting though, because they're, they're calling it the 4D candle. So it's while you're playing the game, you burn this candle. It's like you're living in the world. Or oh the, shit, okay. You know, yeah, what I didn't think of that. What you're playing. 
So you're already seeing the game in relative, I so guess, 3D, I'm but thinking, now you're feeling it and smelling it. I'm thinking this is the candle that burns while you're using the PlayStation VR. Ooh, there you go. Completely. In, uh, yeah, there you go. All right, that adds the fourth dimension. There you go. You're already playing the 3D, and then you got the fourth. Yeah, okay. Th- thank you, Brad Pitt the Vampire. Very interesting. <laughs> so is that... Mm, that's... Would would you get into something like that for your games? I would actually. This is pretty cool because I I know that there's like a lot of talk about doing stuff like this for movies, um, you know, TVs having like sense while you're watching something. I think you or Pigeon Peg like definitely needs to uh, pick up the PlayStation VR and order one of these candles and try it out. Yeah. Oh my God. No thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for the question at Brad Pitt the Vampire. Our last question comes from at Inventor of the Asthma Attack. (laughs) (laughs) Oi! For a pigeon out there. Mate, you gotta help me. More specifically, all me fellow chaps here in London, right? You see, we reached our annual air pollution limits, right? With in the first week of the new year. I rides me Vespa to work. Since me car doesn't warm up quick enough, it take me ten minutes before me get to work. What can we do to stop this, right? So, what can we do what, to what, stop what, the car warm up? Yeah. So, what do we got going on here? That too much pollution. And we got oi. Maybe we got to help me more specifically. All me fellow chaps here in London, right? We all we see. Right, yeah, you see, we reached our annual air pollution limits, right? All right. So the first thing there is start riding mass transit or a bicycle. All right. So then it says whiff in the first week of the new year. Uh, I didn't think it was that bad in uh, in London. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought India and China were the bad. Yo, yeah, well, I mean, China computers. just makes up for everybody, but... <laughs> Seriously. All right, it says, I rides me Vespa to work since my car doesn't warm up quick enough. It takes me 10 yeah. minutes before I get to work. Um, what can I do to stop this? Stop, stop warming your Vespa up for 10 minutes. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, he says his car takes it takes too long to warm up since it only takes him 10 minutes to get to work. Oh, uh, okay. So okay. he rides his Vespa. Well, I know in Sweden, when I was there, I was there for Christmas one year. They have a plug-in warmer for the engine block because it gets oh. way down below freezing. Yep, yep. So they have like an actual, uh, like a little tiny plug, uh, like an extension cord plug that hangs out their uh, um, their grill. Yeah, oil pans and everything. Yeah, keep and they those just warm. heat that thing. Yeah, they just have it plugged in overnight and stuff like that. So that could be something to fix that. But yeah, again, I'm... I'm still shocked on the whole London being that polluted. Yeah, with the air pollution thing, start riding mass transit or a bicycle, dude, and suck it up. It takes you 10 minutes to ride there by a Vespa. It takes you 20 minutes by bicycle, 30 minutes by, bi- by bicycle. Start doing that to help yourself. Mm. <clears throat> Calc? What's that? Anything else on that? No, no, no. I, I agree with you. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I lived close enough to my job that I could ride my bicycle. Right now, I, I wish I, I wish I lived close enough to walk. <laughs> right, yeah, I, I do walk. I walk to work. Yeah. 
All right. across the room. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's the show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for the questions. And thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Uh, we are going to get out of here. It is now 11 or 10, 10.59. Oh, we're just in okay. time for the Switch uh, presentation. So thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have any questions, please reach out to us on or at theloadedcouch at gmail.com or on Twitter at theloadedcouch. You can also reach Celtic Fox at CelticFox underscore LC on Twitter or myself. I'm Scotchhound underscore LC on Twitter as well. Uh, We hope to hear from you, and thanks for stopping by. We'll look to see you next time. Thanks so much. Later.